Hi, my name is Isaac, and welcome to the table where everyone gets to take a seat. I am, what did I just say? (laughs) You've invited back an old reoccurring guest, Aaron. Yes, hi. Hi. (laughs) This is how my day is going. I'm just convinced this is my day. Well, I'm going to take this as a beautiful, awkward segue into our topic, where I accept that this is your day. Oh, my gosh. And we're talking about acceptance acceptance that's what we're doing today but you know um you know i'm happy that you're here again and just super i just needed a refreshing face in my life hey hey. and it's been like years since we've actually seen each other oh my god literally i think the last time i saw you was when we had class last week yeah oh my god yeah it's been uh interesting it's been hard to see each other i feel since spring break since like, spring break uh-huh. i feel like everything's gone into um like end of the year chaos mode. yeah like once april hits and like you have to start thinking about graduation and getting mm-hmm. that together applying for jobs because we have to be adults or something of that nature yeah um trying to like i don't know for me at least like when it hits the end of something, you have to start like solidifying your relationships that you know once you leave, like the ones you don't want to let go, you have to like really be like, hey sis, yeah. um, we need to create a schedule so that we can like be close for the rest of our lives. If you don't want to like right. be here for the long run, like that's cool, but like that's not me, mm-hmm. bet. Yeah, I've hit that. Boop. <laughs> Betty boop. Betty boop. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Pow. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, I, I was just going to let you keep going. I think I was feeling myself a little bit. That's okay. Okay, here at the table, we have like three categories the appetizer, the main course. Main course. And, and our the, just desserts. Yeah, that's isn't that what it is? <laughs> I don't know anymore. I've done this too much. Um, but yes, so, uh, now appetizer is different than the last time you were here. We have games. Okay. So the game that we can play is two questions and a lie. Oh, wait. Two truths and a lie? No, two questions and an existential crisis. Oh. So I have three questions for you. Okay. We can play that one. Is that the one you want to play? There's more. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Two questions and an existential crisis. Okay. So my first question for you is... What is your top three color combination? Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. For like anything, I guess. Anything. Just what would be the top three colors that you would combine together to give a fabulous look, backdrop, housing combo? Um, I really, I think I got an answer. Okay. So I, I like blue and gray. I know mm, that's kind okay. of not exciting. It doesn't pop, but it's it's zen for mm-hmm. me okay um and they kind of blur together a little bit uh i really like um kind of a i don't know the ex- exact word for it but like a golden beige Ooh. and like a you crimson. know that's a very oh you're giving like oh okay i'm like gonna a, let you finish warm, no, you're fine. <laughs> i got you're super fine. excited about that um, i don't know why it's okay and i also like brick red and black <gasps> So I've got this, I kind of like the darker, 
colors and this cool was saying colors. like a very cool like earthy kind of thing yeah i'm really into yeah. the ground <laughs> i really like into it the too ground. it's very supportive i love it so very good gonna, okay top three my next question because i'm not answering any of them because okay. why would i do that um <laughs> my next question is if you were any flying animal which one would you be and why flying animal uh peregrine falcon that's very specific <laughs> yeah. yeah um i always liked them i always thought they were pretty uh and fast and predators so mm. though i think most birds are i mean i, I like birds of prey birds so, of prey are dope um, they'd scare the fuck out of me but God, like, they're so vicious like it's not even that they're vicious it's like this is how i live my life and this is who i am yeah. but like if one of them was to attack me i'd be done like, there's nothing i could do about that yeah. this is nothing if a bald eagle decided that it would <laughs> swoop up and grab my ass i would be dead you're like fine eagle it's, it's fine it's okay I kill tried. me <laughs> like try to my very best yeah. I mean, obviously Yo, this is how i gotta come down what if i became a bald eagle tamer and took people out like have this special <laughs> specific <laughs> like assassinations <laughs> by isaac yes like literally this team of bald eagles that just like scooped up and took people assassinating out. through freedom <laughs> like <laughs> because it's the American dream. <laughs> My commercial on television would be so great. Amazing. I'd watch it all the time. Oh, I YouTube God. that shit. Sorry. I would be so into it. Okay. Okay. My existential crisis question of the day is if there was no such thing as like bounds or privilege or like opportunities like anything what would you be and why like if i didn't have if there was anything that like was blocking you due to like the way the society is set up like society is literally a clean slate i don't want to like give it any signifier yeah like okay. all of those things are real what would you be and why and how would you make the world better from that point Because it'd probably still be problems. I don't know why. Well, humans. We always we have kinda problems. We kind of have to, we don't have to hurt each other. But when we're not happy and healthy, mm -hmm. we hurt each other. And also equity doesn't exist. Or we don't talk about equity in the sense of mental health yeah. and human health and, you know, physical and spiritual health. We talk about equity in regards to like finances and resources and stuff which I don't know if that's capitalism still or if it's um, that we equate health differently, like experiencing health mm -hmm. different to equity. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to deep dive into that. That's uh, off topic. Um, Existential crisis. Yeah. I think if I hadn't felt any pressure to perform, Mm -hmm. um, or if I hadn't felt the pressure to participate in capitalism, mm -hmm. if I didn't have any of that and I had you know, equity, I'd probably 
would go into art. I'd be an artist. Mm-hmm. I always loved to draw. I always enjoyed drawing and kind of communicating through it. I've stopped um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, but I think art therapy, if I was to do something that would make the world better, quote mm-hmm. unquote, um, I really love community um, art and murals yeah. and um, kind of renovation. And I love expression. I don't really love permanency. So I always love um, like uh, my friend Marilyn is doing this mm-hmm. awesome pop up thing where she's taking like uh, tops of trophies and painting them with nail polish and then just putting them around <laughs> Lawrence in random places. I love that. Super cute. Um, and uh, I I just kind of like I would I would do that stuff if I hadn't done it felt the need or drive to do what i'm doing now Mm. okay yeah well we're gonna take a break yeah i really like this game that one was fun i made up all those questions off the top of my head you did fantastic thanks i'm innovative we know that thanks (laughs) (laughs) okay well we'll be back b oh it didn't stop I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm saving this forever. And we're back. So, Aaron. I said. How are you? Fucking tired. Aren't we fucking all? Like, it's about that time in the semester where. We are falling apart because mm-hmm. we're almost done, but like not done yet. And it's mm-hmm. too far away, but it's like close enough. And everybody's like, you just have to push through, but you Fucking want to stop. And it's definitely when you're disillusioned, like we've been like individual personal stuff aside, like mutually we've been fighting with disillusionment and it's okay. Is it's it? Not, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, when I say it's okay, I mean, like, we're going to have our journeys and figure it out. We can't right now because everything's fucking chaos. Fair. But. I remember. Yeah. Do you remember when, I don't know if she said it to the classroom or if she just said it to me, but like, shout out to Professor Keppel. Hey. When um, we were talking about this, like, survival mode and how, like, at so, the time that you do the best work that you've ever done is when you're outside of survival mode Mm -hmm. and she told me like one time i've never existed outside of survival mode and so like i don't know what it's like to do work just to do work and to do like really good work because i'm like functioning in survival yeah and i feel like that's been us for two years now i'm in my third year yeah so it's just I don't know if you just get better at surviving or whatever, but we're here to talk about acceptance. Yeah, not survival. Yeah. Not survival. But <laughs> we're like, accepting we're surviving. Right. Yeah. Or just like accepting the things that we can't control around those mm-hmm. like bounds, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to school, because mm-hmm. the expectation to produce work and do things that you like don't necessarily want to do. And do but, them well. And do them well. And like be good at the stuff that you produce have even though it's not you. never done before, theoretically. If you read a book and then just produce work, supposedly it's supposed to give you like a quality work. But like honestly, yeah. no. Like, yeah. 
But acceptance. Yes. So. You start this off, my dear. I don't know. Um, I think lately, mm-hmm. at least personally on my level, um, me and Aaron have been going through multitudes of things, as we usually do. But um, recently, if you are actually a friend of me, mine and like know me, this week has been the shitastic catastrophe extravaganza ball twerk twirl the boots down kick and honestly knowing what's been going on in your life the last two years <laughs> like this before he bust like breaks it down i yes. am going to say that this has also been the most productive shit storm in isaac's life like Usually my shit storms end with me like trigger warning, like wanting to kill myself. Yeah, like, and this time I was like, huh, I'm good. Yeah. Not really good, but like. Right. And, but this has been the most productive one for you. Yes. And so I'm going to preface it as as I this is like this is this is an acceptance journey. And we have come to the pinnacle, like healthy Healthy acceptance, healthy acceptance instead of the acceptance that looks like I it's almost like that idea of like I accept the thing. Who said this quote? I'm about to say something that somebody quoted that I just don't know. But I want the serenity prayer. Which one's that one? The um, give me the. Like strength to accept shit and the wisdom to know what I can control and can't just sure. Let's do that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that one. Y'all know we. But at the same time, like, <laughs> <laughs> when, when we could run a 12-step program at this point in our lives, but we just haven't yet. Um, just by paraphrasing. Right. <laughs> just accept the shit you can't accept. Oh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage th- to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So that's the serenity See, prayer. and I think a lot of the times when we're thinking about acceptance, we don't talk about the wisdom to know the difference. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things in my life have been like, I want to like fix the world. But it's gotten, I think I literally got like a um, post from Lin-Manuel Miranda today where it was like, if you take on the worries of the world, you'll end up drowning. You have to yeah. figure out wh- how, like, wh- how, how much you can take and how important that is. Because if you take, you have to take on the worries of the world, Mm -hmm. but you need to figure out which ones are going to cause you to continue to swim and which ones are going to sink you. And that's beautiful because this has been an ongoing conversation and kind of crisis. And I feel like it's a common thing for a lot of people. And a lot of people have different ways of dealing with it and Mm -hmm. coping with it. And like for me, like for example, let's just break down my last week. Monday, went to jail. Beautiful time, beautiful experience. I'm out. I'm free. I didn't have to be a hashtag. <laughs> that would have been lit, though. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That is a thought process that I don't need. Um, Tuesday, problems within the agency I work in. It was a lot to deal yeah. with. That end of Tuesday, I decided I was going to reach out to my biological father and um, be like, hey, um, you are like not even a hey you are whatever it was more of like i'm doing this to make myself 
not be connected to this man who is an imaginary figure up until this point because I've never actually met him or talked to him. Hey, yo, daddy, yo. <laughs> exactly. I'm literally, okay, so I made two poems from the situation that happened. One is, um, what is the name of it? 808 and heart uh, um, panic attacks because I was listening to Love Lockdown by Kanye West whenever I got the text message from my dad that I posted in that medium piece and I literally fell the fuck apart but the poem is a a bop it's a it's a bop in general Um, but anyway that's besides the point invite uh, me to your reading it's literally today at 7 you have have a thing we'll figure it out I'll videotape it and send it to you okay um, and then my other one is, you know, in the tra- in the um, words of Killmonger, hey, auntie, it's called hey, daddy. And I literally went off. It's beautiful. Anyway, regardless, I'll post them somewhere. Like, literally, yeah. the world will hear them one day. Um, regardless, reached out to my father yeah. to make a long story short. Um, there was ups and downs in the system and the like way it was going, but like I had my hopes up, hopes got dropped. All of these things happened and I had like this immense amount of like worry and like like um I just didn't feel confident about myself and all the feelings that I've ever felt not feeling accepted by my father like kind of rushed back to me like in the twenty three, almost twenty four years of my life. It kinda hit me all at once. Mm-hmm. And the first three minutes, I was just kind of like, this is not what I want to deal with. I've never wanted to feel this pain anymore. And once I kind of like got to, I got to this point of like, there is literally nothing else I can do. I either accept this or I give up. Like there's no other options at this point, which is like very like ultimatum me for me. But like I work in ultimatums. I've always only worked in ultimatums. That's just who I am as a person. Yeah. But it was like, this is the first time that I've ever like radically accepted something and just been like, this is what it is. And how am I going to move forward from it? Because that's the part of acceptance that a lot of people don't talk about. Like, yeah. you can accept something and not do anything. Right. That's not accepting it. <laughs> like, accepting something and not doing anything about it is you. It's not resiliency. No, it's not like the yeah. process it's of moving forward. It's not radical acceptance either. No. Because um, radical acceptance means that there will be action taken to further that acceptance. And it, yeah, and you're like experiencing that acceptance on a spiritual, a mental, and a physical level. And I that physical level of acceptance is weird. And it's kind of that um, mindfulness bit. Like mm-hmm. this all, all of these ideas tie together because like feeling that physical acceptance is you sitting um, and you know, I don't want to like bust into your mm-hmm. emotional experience during all of this, but let's just say you were upset. We're going to hypothetically speaking, hypothetically speaking, um, you're upset. <laughs> you know, it's sitting in that acceptance or like it's sitting in that feeling and going, wow, that fucking hurt or mm-hmm. whatever words you want to use, right. or just um, whatever degree. And it's sitting and going, I'm really hurting. And not saying that's okay, but just also saying, but that's what's happening right now. Right. Um, and still kind of going, there's nothing I can do about it. I can be hurt. I can't change a thing about what happened up to this point. I can change going forward. Right. And that's um, and it's kind of like pivotal, I feel. Yeah, I've talked to a couple of people about it. And like, even in this experience, and like, it's not like it's like, oh this is an experience that only I have experienced and like it happens often like this is like not a like 
not an uncommon thing, I guess. Yeah. It's not like across the board kind of thing, but it is not uncommon. And so it is like mourning a death almost, like a death of one, I was mourning the death of an imaginary person who I had cultivated in my head who left me, but like left me for like, literally, I remember five-year-old Isaac, I was convinced that he was a superhero and like he had to leave to like save the planet. Like that's how I processed through it. So you lost a hero. And so I lost a hero in my head, which like five-year-old Isaac, Five-year-old Isaac is still here. I think I am still five-year-old Isaac, but that's you, another um, conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, so I lost that hero, and then I realized he was a human being, mm-hmm. and then I created another human being who was, like, based off of, like, a 30-minute conversation, and then I lost that human because right. that human didn't want to be in my life, which is fine. Like, I don't think... This is one of those situations where everybody's like, oh, I'm fine. And they're like, but you don't have to be fine. This is one of those situations where it's like, it's fine. Because there is no other way that it can be. Right. Like, I can be upset about it. And that means that I'm trying to hold on to something that I'm never going to have. And, like, this has to be fine. And so that's acceptance. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Erin, (laughs) let's stop talking about me before I start crying in the studio. I have not done that yet. I'm so proud of myself. That is really cool. I haven't done that yet. I keep saying that I'm going to. And I haven't done it yet. It's because maybe this is a trusting, supportive space. I mean, we're having like pretty genuine conversations that are being recorded for people to listen to. Um, But it's trusted and it's honest. Yeah, it's cathartic. Cathartic. Mm. I feel like you can only say cathartic in like a very like sensual way. Cathartic. Cathartic. (laughs) It has. There's nothing sensual. That was really creepy. (laughs) Um. But yeah, acceptance in my life. Uh. I've so historic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna let y'all know what just happened. <laughs> I don't know what overcame me, but the microphone. I I just had a thought that maybe I could fit the microphone <laughs> in my mouth, and I wanted to know what kind of noise would have happened if I fit my whole entire mouth over this microphone head. And Eric caught me because I didn't think I was going to do the action in that moment. But my body was like, good idea to do the action in the moment. And so, yep. That's me. That's beautiful. <laughs> Why am I like this? Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Um, <laughs> like, Acceptance. Uh, I'm a little bit older than Isaac, so I've had a few years accepting things. Just a tap it. Just a tap it. Just a tap it. But, I mean, it's always kind of a hard and awkward experience um, accepting things. I'm not going to kind of bust into that journey, but, you know, accepting that, that I'm not responsible for my... Like, being forced to like accept that I'm somewhat responsible for my mother's alcoholism and then unpacking all of that and kind of going through that journey. Uh, yeah. Like I've had years to do that and practice it. I've had years to fail and like um, kind of work outside of survival mode. Cause I, mm-hmm. um, when I graduated college, I got out of survival mode cause it's very different when you're not in academia. Yeah. And um, you know, it's just, it was different. And so I've had these like waves 
of it. So I think right now I'm just kind of at this phase of accepting, um, like at that next step and accepting responsibility for things and kind of, um, what's like figuring out what actually is in my control right now. Um, it's less, it's like growing from it now. Yeah. Finally, like I've done that radical acceptance to get from, uh, fucked up to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like equilibrium. <laughs> and now I'm trying to like grow and that's a whole different journey and I haven't gone through it before. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it right now is responsibility, uh, and accepting kind of reality and maybe where I'm actually at. Like I know mm -hmm. I'm smart and I'm competent and I know I do good work. Um, people like working with me and people like me and that's yeah. fine. And that's true and I have to practice accepting that. And then, but it, I also need to like work on accepting that I don't want to always work two jobs all my life. And that's real. I mean, right now my biggest, the biggest decision I have to make is do I want to start in my field again or do I, and do I have the strength to do that mm -hmm. um, or accepting the fact that I don't have the strength to do it or the idea that I don't mm -hmm. have the strength to do it and that I'm angry and tired and I want to just feel productive and grow and kind of it's a very personal journey it's not one of rejection or of right. anything right now but um, you know, I've, I've gone through mm -hmm. similar experiences and just kind of working on that next phase and accepting the fact that you're working on the next phase. <laughs> <laughs> Look, acceptance is important That's across the board. And I think um, to be action oriented and solution focused, like the social workers we are. Um, <laughs> Because that's how that works, right? Jargon. Jargon. Let's talk about things in a way that nobody understands what the hell we're talking about. But let's say that we're really, um, what is the word? Um, accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, whatever. Um, so. We're future think We're forward thinkers and like our goals. Yeah. So there is this thing that is used a lot with youth um, about the things that you can change and the things you can't change. And it's like this really cool wheel. I've just been introduced to it. Um, and it, inside of the wheel is the things you can change. Okay. And then outside the wheel is the things that you can't change. And so mm -hmm. for children, it's very simple of like, you can't change the way people think about you. You can't change the way something happened to you. You can't change the way that... Um, like basically any external things outside of your own control are the things you can't change. The things inside are like, you can change the way you think about a situation. You can change the way that you feel about a situation. You can change the way you feel about somebody else. Like very much this like, like bare bone look at like, this is how life works. And these are the things that you can't control. These are the things you can't control. I looked at it and I was like, this is my life. Like, yeah. It breaks down to those simple facts of like, I can only control my emotions. I can only control my actions. And even working in a system where it is full of these things of like, you need to mobilize and you need to do this and you need to do that. At the end of the day, I can only control everything that I've done. And mm -hmm. like, I have to accept that. And I think it, especially for people who do activism work or people who do 
mobilizing work or working in social services or even like businesses, for example, it's so hard to, for most people to get past that point of like, I have to do more, I have to produce more. But like radical acceptance is understanding I can only do this. Yeah. And that's it. People are so resistant to it. Okay, so I have three words that I hate. <coughs> um, I'm dying. And I use them, you use them in your narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate the words need, have, and should for a couple reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, need reflects a lot. It's a lot of work. You know, people are in need or, mm-hmm. or you know, we need things or you need to do this as if there's like some... And for some case, there is like some just basic biological need we have. Mm-hmm. And like, um, but there's so much power to it. I, I hate that word. Like if, if someone who's a little smarter than me could come up with a better word to represent it, um, mm-hmm. but still take into account like actual needs of people, fucking fine. I'm all for it. <laughs> I hate should because it's as... And when it's used, mm-hmm. um, it's always somebody else gave me the responsibility to do something or I'm giving this thing the responsibility or like this power over me. Like I should clean my room. Why the fuck should I clean my room? Should clean my room because society tells me to. Right. Or if you got like food in there, you don't want, you, you know, want bugs, bugs and stuff. Um, but that's, I mean, still different. Like, mm-hmm. you know, keeping your room clean will keep parasites from being unless in there. you're really into it like that one little girl who has the like pet cockroaches you know power to her mm-hmm. i respect her i'm not going yuck her yeah yeah same um and then have to mm-hmm. um you have to do something like i don't i don't have I don't to do like anything that. uh yeah i'm choosing to do stuff mm-hmm. it's like uh i think you saw it or i told you about this when i had changed my to-do lists yeah. to could-do lists literally that is that has yeah. changed my life and i want yeah. you to know that you have changed Aww. my life with that simple state like i tell people that all the time like change your to-do list to the could-do list because yeah. like whoever is giving you this like to-do list thing mm-hmm. it, like they literally have no power over you unless yeah. you feel like they do and like you can shift that at any point in time in your life. So yeah. like my could do list is very much just I could do this yeah. or I could work on my mental health and not do this. And, you know, I've, I've gotten some pushback on like, well, discipline and priorities. I'm like, just because it's a could do doesn't mean it has any less priority. Right. It's a higher priority could do. But I could do it today. But if I don't have but to I'm do not gonna it today. Tell, yeah, I'm not well, going to tell myself that I have to, I need to, or I should yeah. to. Because if those words have such failure, like on the other side of it, there's a lot of like, you need to do this because success. But then on the other side of it, for me at least, there's a sense of failure. Mm-hmm. And um, and it takes away autonomy. Yeah. Of like me being able to make choices or like yeah. even this empowerment thing of like, yeah, I like accepting the fact that I, I could fail this. But like everybody makes failure such a bad thing. Like if I fit like... I know like last semester, especially for me, like I wouldn't let myself work through my mental issues and try and make myself better because I felt like if I took a break, I was failing. And then um, that was something I needed, like everybody was saying, I need to take a break. And I was like, I can't take a break because if I I have things that I should do and Mm -hmm. I have things that I have to do. And so Mm -hmm. therefore I don't need what you're telling me what I need because I know what I need to do, and that is to finish this degree and to do great work. And right. it was fucked up. It was a very fucked up mindset. And, like, looking back on it, now I'm at this point where I'm like, 
I could do whatever I want to and y'all can't tell me shit because I don't yeah. care. I just don't care. And that's kind of when people tell me um, to rest and as much as they're yeah. right that right. I need to rest or um, when, you know, lately when it comes to jobs or mm. um, and certainly academic performance, uh, mostly from my family. I don't mm. really like talk to people about this stuff in my performance so no one's like oh do better right <laughs> which is fine that's um, what we don't talk about it yeah. in public uh but when people i get a lot of like well stay in don't go out i don't go out i do stay in that's <laughs> worthless advice right because it won't change any part of my life um well you should sleep more again i sleep as much as i can right now worthless advice mm-hmm. um other things about like well do i mean pretty much it just all comes down to do better and i'm like what <laughs> like and i'm doing the best i can so i guess part of this kind of comes to also that accepting responsibility i'm accepting control over things like again this change what you can mm-hmm. wisdom to know the difference i might cut out two hours of sleep so i can do something fun and when people want to kind of push back on that about needing to work harder. I don't know how often I have to tell them that I see my partner four hours a week Mm -hmm. on a good week that I work seven days a week. And I've been doing that since I started grad school in 2015. Um, I've been doing that even between school and uh, my undergrad and graduate school because I got bored and picked up a part-time job. Like I'm going to do fun stuff. I can do fun stuff. I will do fun stuff. And it's me kind of accepting that (laughs) control over it. Because, yeah. If I'm not doing fun stuff in lieu of work, that's work is what I should do. It's what I need to to Mm. do. It's what I have to do. But. Or I could do (laughs) what I want. What I want. (laughs) Like, for example, this week. I there's things that I needed to do in air quotes, Mm -hmm. but I was like barely holding on like emotionally and mentally like laying down in my bed or getting getting going out and having a good time and like just being around good company and being around good people and feeling like somebody cares in this like sea of this world is trying to destroy me. Like I didn't, it was kind of like the thing that Lin-Manuel Miranda was saying. Like I was drowning and I, because I was holding the burden of like the world around me and things that I couldn't control. But yeah. I could control if I went out and had a good time and twirled for a second. I right. could control like reading a book that I ha- wanted to read for a very long time but didn't have time to, creating that time to read that book. And like at the end of the day, my work and like the stuff that I produce if you need it, like if you needed it, like the next day, of course I would get it done. Higher priority. Because it is a higher priority. Yeah. But like, I'm not, I'm not my work. Like, like, yeah. and I think I have like it's taken me a long time to get to this point of being like, I am not my work. I produce really good work. It will eventually get out as long as you let me heal myself through mm-hmm. whatever needs I have to do. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them might be a little bit toxic, and I need to work on that. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and it's it's all part of acceptance. And um, I think a lot of uh, it's accepting responsibility to some degree and it's accepting control. We're adults. 
we need to take responsibility for our actions, and, right. but we also need to be responsible for our own health. We are responsible for our own health. Mm-hmm. There's, I, I mean, our parents are potentially going to always care. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, relationships differ for people. There's always going, there's hopefully, and I wish everybody listening to this always has somebody in their life who's like, are you okay? Right. And asks it in whatever way they do. But inevitably, it's on us. Like, no one is going to care about me to the as much as I will, can ever care about myself mm-hmm. or do as much work. Like, no one, Isaac, can do as much work to heal you as you can. Right. I'm not in your head. If you have a kid, <laughs> if you have kidney pain right now, I have no fucking clue. Unless you're like, I have kidney pain right now, and like grabbing at <laughs> at it, and like, oh god, and I'll be like, oh shit, hospital. Okay. <laughs> Why are you in here recording a yeah, podcast right? where you got kidney pain? Yeah. Like, how the hell am I supposed to know? You're not gonna know if I'm having like. If I'm having suicidal ideation. Unless you tell anybody. And the fear, that fear of telling people because that is only coming from like this like idea of failure. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of people when there is a problem and they don't feel like they can ask for help, it is nothing to do with, well, it might have something to do with the people that are around them. Totally. But like. Your environment so, can have a lot of impact. There's so many other options. There's numbers. There's people who are trained to do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And accepting the fact that you know that you have a problem and you have to have, not necessarily fix it, mm-hmm. but there is solutions that you can take for it is a part of accept- like radical acceptance. Yeah. I'm taking action to help myself. And this is to not victim blame anything. We're not. If no. Part of accepting that we have the responsibility to take care of ourselves also comes with the accepting that, you know, some people can't, some people don't, some people won't. And that's that's, another, and that's a thing that just happens. But I mean, for us, this is Mm -hmm. what, because it's almost like, I think something that like really bothers me and then we can, We'll go on to the next thing after I say this. There are also kittens. Like there is upstairs. literally kittens upstairs, and I'm. We're talking about mental health, and uh, we need there to go is kittens upstairs. Kittens, so. Um, but um, shout out to the Lawrence Public Library always. Oh, yes, <laughs> came in a kitten shower, and I turned I around like, and I'm like kittens. Kitten! I screamed, like, and the guy was like, "Yes,", yes. and I was like, <laughs> "Kittens." <laughs> we're literally about to have a mental breakdown over some cats. Worth it. Um. But the the thing that really bothers me is whenever people talk about it's our fault when somebody commits suicide or something like that. And I don't think I don't think at the end of the day for me personally, every time I've ever had suicidal ideations or felt some type of way about like wanting to hurt myself or something like that, that has nothing to do with the rest of the world around me. I've never blamed anybody when I've cut myself. Oh, no. tr- sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Literally, we, I said trigger warning. Yes, like, hopefully I've, they understood we were It's never been anybody here. else's fault when I've wanted to hurt myself. Um, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. It's, a, and I don't want it. Like They're like, this is a societal problem. It, it In portion, because the world is the way it is, there's always going to be problems that are going to cause people to feel bad. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's fair to make other people feel bad for you feeling bad. That's like a projection thing. And that is a type of like form of violence in mm-hmm. itself. And I'm not victim blaming in any sense of like if you have suicidal ideations and you're try- like say it's from this, this and this situation. 
that's trauma and like the person can apologize to you like for example yeah. my father apologizing for not being a part of my life and not wanting to be a part of my life that's on him and I get that and like he's missing out on a whole great extra ass party Hell but <laughs> me moving forward and me getting that acceptance night that didn't necessarily make me feel any better like yeah. and I mean even from my experience um my mother seeking redemption for her alcoholism and all of those wasted years um or you know however she wants to phrase it I appreciate her attempting to rebuild our relationship and I attempt I appreciate her ex, you know trying to forgive herself for that um I still have to work on accepting that I'm not responsible exactly like and she has to work on accepting that she did that to us and mm-hmm. but that like that entire work and that the dynamic in our relationship also doesn't change the fact that I will gladly go over and take a nap on our house because it's my mom. Like Mm -hmm. there's a dichotomy involved in this that like I can be really pissed off at my partner, like incredibly hurt. Don't want to talk to him for a week. Still want him to come to bed with me every night. And like, I can have those feelings at the same time. You can hold so many different emotions at, at the one same time. time. And that's okay. That's and like I normal. <laughs> am often at work smiling at customers or doing my best to smile at customers um, and be friendly and engaging while in my head screaming and just freaking out about all the homework I have to do or just wanting to lay down and take a nap or having like full on crying fests in my brain. Like, you know, subconscious me is just sobbing and I outside me is like, oh, hey, yeah, let's. And I have not seen that movie, but why don't you tell me how it's really exciting? Maybe I'll check it out from work. I'm never going to check it out from work. I don't have time. I'm sorry. Like, actually, I did check out a movie that a customer recommended. And it was weird and I liked it. Um, fell asleep in the middle of it. But when you woke up, I bet it was at a really good part. It was at the end. My roommate and my partner were sitting there going, hmm. <laughs> it's like I got weird, didn't it? They're like, yeah. Me, when we went to go see Thor Ragnarok, and I <laughs> fell asleep, and I woke up, and I was like, "When did the Hulk get here?" <laughs> and I was like, Isaac, <laughs> like four scenes ago. <laughs> oh, that was a good nap. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, I mean, to kind of sum up what I'm trying to get at, um, just because I feel like I've rambled a lot. Sorry, it's. Yeah, responsibility, man. Like, and accepting it, it's a burden, it's hard, it's heavy. It requires a lot of, like, stretching of whatever cup. Mm-hmm. Make your cup a bucket. Make um, your cup a bucket, even if it's not capable of happening. Yeah, like, it, I mean, make it what you think is a bucket. It's fine. If you've gone whatever from a teaspoon a to a Dixie cup, it's fine. It's growth. If a teaspoon, a thimble to a teaspoon. I mean, it's like, <sighs> life. life is hard. And yeah. accepting that is okay, and it's going to look different for everybody. And so. that's the true tea. Yeah, I don't know. I ramble, guys. Sorry. But that's that. That's basically it. Acceptance yeah. is the true tea. The true tea. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, and then we'll wrap it up with me venting about something that I don't even know if Aaron like engages with, but I need to get it off my chest. I'm here to listen, and <laughs> I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll be back. 
Hey y'all, it's Isaac here, and I wanted to take a moment to talk about an opportunity for you to support The Table Podcast. There's this nifty website called Patreon that gives you special access to me and other members of The Table for as little as $5 a month. By becoming a patron, which is a paying subscriber, you will not only be supporting The Table Podcast, but also joining us underneath the table as we talk about other topics ranging from what I ate for breakfast this morning to why I cannot sleep at night, which is oddly connected. There will also be exclusive content with some old and new guests, including people like Aaron, Lily, Darren, and anybody else who wants to join the pod. I'm excited for the opportunity to do even more work, and I am thankful for all the support, regardless of if you are a patron or not. Thank you so much for riding this wave with me, and let's get back to the show. It's time for Just Desserts, where we vent about our lives and then wrap things up. But I think I'm the only one who's going to vent today, and all I am going to vent about is RuPaul's Drag Race, because (laughs) that's the only thing I care about, and the only thing that brings me joy and dismay. So, Erin, for context, I'm going to let you know what happened. There is a queen named Aquaria on season 10 of RuPaul's Drag Race. She is white, and she is from New York, and she is 21 years old. She talks just like I am talking, and this is how she moves her head. And I, like, I don't know her. I really don't know her. She could be a sweetheart, a wonderful human being. The way that she is being painted on RuPaul's Drag Race is very, like, very almost like I'm from New York. I'm 21 years old. I'm one of those elite white gays, and that's how she, like, presents herself. At least that's how the editing is presenting her. So, you know, I'm already, like, Bye, girl. Like, I don't want to engage. You know how I feel about people like that. So um, there was another queen. Her name is from the Vixen. She's from Chicago. She's black. She's unapologetic from the South Side. Like, she's about that life. And she, like, walked into the work room, and she's like, I'm ready to fight. And I was like, you know what? Me too. Let's go. Like, I felt her on a spiritual level. Like, she just seemed very much in tune with who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. The Vixen. On, oh shit, there is microphone in my mouth. Oh God. Oh, that was gross. Sorry, y'all. Um, at break, I finally figured out if I could fit my mouth around the microphone and I can. Um, anyway, besides the point, I got sidetracked. Um, so the Vixen and Aquaria had kind of some beef because Aquaria was complaining about another Queen Miss Cracker and they look very similar and that's not the point. The point is that Aquaria was trying to minimize the words that she said to Miss Cracker and the Vixen was like, mm, too vague. And you know, I'm always here for a good call out. You know me. Yeah. I'm always here for a good call out. When she said, nope, too vague. And then she explained the situation in depth. I was like, me and the Vixen could be best friends. Like, at that moment, I was like, I like her more than I like myself. And I want her to excel and do well in life. Like, in general, just do whatever you need to do. If you want to become a janitor and that is your goal, I will do whatever I can to get you there. That is how I feel about the Vixen at this point in my life. So, this escalates and move forward. And the Vixen is very clear about who she is and what she is about. And, like, I live for that. And, like, not... um folding or being complacent in her blackness or like how she is unapologetic and will shut people down like I love that because you know that's how I want to be like I present myself like that on like social media but like honestly like it is really hard to be a black body and exist and have to choose to fold in those kinds of situations Mm -hmm. um 
because you have to do that for safety and survival. But like the people yeah. who do it unapologetically, they always get painted as like an angry black woman, an angry black man. They're a trope. They're yeah. not worth listening to. What they're saying is so aggressive and like white fragility and white guilt will cause people to be like, well, you need to do this a different way. If you approach me in this manner or you do this or you do that. that need. Yeah, have, that, yeah. Right. Like you shouldn't tell me how I, well, you shouldn't, but like, don't tell it's me how to live my life. To yeah, like, let's, like, be, let's be real. It's rude to do that. So like there was this episode of Untucked, which is what happens after RuPaul's Drag Race. They have like this, um, they have the footage that happens in between the, um, critiques and like stuff like that before somebody gets sent home so they were videotaping it and the vixen and aquaria were like having the conversation of you do things and they are racialized like what you do in the way that i'm being painted i'm being painted as an angry black woman when you run off after i have like a tit for tat conversation with you and you start crying they're going to paint me as an angry black woman people are going to like be rude to me on social media people are going to talk to me angrily and like the thing is, like, in a grand scheme of things, the drag race fandom is full of white gays. They love to stand and fetishize people of color who are queens on that show. They love to be part of this, like, posse of, like, I'm getting angry. This is fine. I'm going to get mad. They're, like, part of this, like, fetishizing, like, the reason why it is so hard to be black or brown and be queer is because of these white gays who see things on television and assume we all operate like that. Which, like, you were, you're a marginalized identity, too. I get that. But you're, just because you are gay does not mean that your whiteness is not going to affect me or other black and brown people who are straight. And right. because we're so scary and we're terrifying and we have all these problems when it comes to homophobia and our religion causes us yeah. so much harm, you're not even experiencing that, but you have such a large opinion about it. It makes me feel like you're just trying to perpetrate violence on me to tenfold talk about my community because that gives you a space because you you're gay, so therefore you can talk about how many black Christian people hate you. They don't hate you. They don't even know you. We are not on like we are not raised in the same church. We're not yeah. raised in the same experience. You have no idea what I've been through. And to even co-opt it and say that this is the kind of thing that's going on, I get it and I understand it's hard. Everybody has religious trauma. Literally straight people have religious trauma. It's a thing that happens to people. But you're not gonna sit here and try and minimize my experience or any other black person, black queer person's experience just because you feel like I should be nice like that's a like midwestern nicety thing like i have to deal with it on like a tenfold level because i'm mm. stuck in fucking kansas but like even outside of it like the moment that i go anywhere else it's always ex there's an expectation that i must fold to then fit into these spaces and i'm tired and i yeah. had to watch a television show project all of that watch every single black queen on rupaul's drag race literally be like the vixen was right this is how we feel. This is our experience. Now, RuPaul, she didn't say shit. Let's talk about that. But anyway, I'm mad. But I felt validated. But I'm still mad. Because I watched as those comments came through and every single one of those white people who are gay and are stand for RuPaul's Drag Race were like, we don't understand why the vixen is acting this way. Aquaria did nothing wrong. She's just a victim in this like fight. And I'm over here like, if it's so hard to just exist and accept the fact that it's so hard to just exist. But when you make it into this tit for tat, oppression Olympics, all this other stuff, it becomes way more complex and way more complicated. But you know what, Erin? What? I'm going to accept it. 
radically, I'm going to burn somebody's house down. I don't know who's yet. That is an action. That is a thing. It's mm-hmm. an action step. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Radical acceptance. Ooh. Anyway, Aaron, how's life? What's going on with you in the future? We're graduating soon. <sighs> We're graduating soon. Oh, God. I kind of took the break as a moment to vent because I'm vent- I was venting about um, some personal stuff that I didn't want recorded. Which is fair. Like, um, we can't be sharing the whole entire yeah. world. We have to hold on to some things. But I, um, I'm going to vent about mutuality and the lack of it real quick. If that's cool, let I know me lean it's back of... in this chair because I'm about to make a whole bunch of noises. I'm just gonna like do it from a distance. I might actually start crying. I'm so frustrated over this. Like, oh and gosh. this is gonna be a real thing. I get I cry when I'm frustrated more than anything. But you know, and it's not God. It's not about my existence at this right. point. Um, it's not the color of my skin because my mm-hmm. the color of my skin is white. So. Yay. <laughs> uh, but this is, a, as a disclaimer to everybody who's listening who might be pissed off about, you know, white fragility and think my emotional reaction is hogging, uh, this is um, kind of a personal thing I've been struggling with since mm-hmm. um, my childhood. Right. So when it flares up, it flares up strong. Uh but life is hard. It's hard for people because of racial identities, se- mm-hmm. gender identities, sexuality. Um, it's hard for people on an individual level. Uh, there is no greater kindness than simply acknowledging people. And I find it super hurtful when you don't acknowledge someone. And now... I have a lot of people send me messages about concerns and I love that I am an anchor for people um, mm. because I lo- it, it means it's not being, an, I don't get joy out of being an anchor because being an anchor means that there's stress and Shit problems. Sucks. Yeah. But I love that it's, it's nice knowing that people can trust me mm-hmm. to be that. And I love that I have so many people in my life who um, understand what's going on in my life and don't reach out to me when things immediately when things get stressed because they maybe understand that I don't have the capacity mm-hmm. right now to help um, and that's mutual that's mutuality that's knowing about the person that you care about and uh, understanding the balance and like how that relate that's how relationships fucking work um, but the problem is like when someone reaches out to you and you like asks simple questions mm-hmm. like how are you doing um and you choose to either not respond or not even apologize for not responding or um and that's that's what my vent is about is the fact that like some people and i like i come th- i go through phases of it i mean mm-hmm. right now but I, I like try to be open about it. I mean, right now I'm at a part, at a point in my life that empathizing is hard. <laughs> like, I don't. I mean, I mean, it's hard yeah. in general because it it means stretching your perceptions and working outside of your own box and not, like trying to incorporate other people's boxes into yours. And that's a lot of emotional labor. Um, but like, I I've. 
I go through times where I just reach out and I'm like, do you want to get a fucking cup of coffee to people and the fact that people don't exercise that strength and responding to that, even to say, hey, sorry, thanks for asking. I can't. Yeah, even if it's like, like three days later. <laughs> yeah, like that, it's, it's just it's, an apology mm. and it's, uh, it hurts and um, it's affecting a lot of other things in my life right now. And um, I think people don't, um, I, I think people don't get it. And I think people are cowards for not getting it. Mm. And I don't like to call people cowards. Um, and I think people are selfish for not trying. These are all strong, like strong words for me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just kind of, it's a very personal thing that um, maybe a lot of us can relate to. And uh, it's having these reflective talks on it and stuff help, you know, it's part of growing outside of the box. Like this right. is a base emotion that I can apply to a lot of situations, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, I'm sh sure I've never been um, racially profiled, but like, <laughs> oh, I can understand what it's like to be rejected and not acknowledged as a personal human being. I'm gonna just, you know, put it in the general sense where like society's not accepting me. Like I can, it's not the same, it's but not the I same, at least but literally... can understand the basis for it, you know? And like, you know, you like to put this in context of like even our relationship whenever something has ever gone wrong and I've posted it on Facebook or something of that nature Aaron is like in my messages like hey bae are you okay how's life like do you need anything and like a lot of people do that for me and like it's I understand where you're coming from because when it doesn't happen those are the things that I ruminate on and keep me up at night like yeah it's the things that frustrate me to no end because I'm like, do, like if you are someone who says that they love me and care about me and want me to like see me grow and want me to do well, when something goes left mm -hmm. and something really bad happens and you, it, there's no thing, like literally I was watching um, the new show, the new season of Jersey Shore, yeah. the family vacation one. So Dina's dad died. And Ronnie didn't reach out to her and didn't acknowledge it until, like, that second episode. Like, didn't say anything to her about it. Because Ronnie felt like if he there was so much mess with him and Sammy's breakup that if he reached out to Dina, it wouldn't have been helpful for her because she chose her side, like, Sammy's side. And I'm, like, thinking about, like, if I was in that situation, regardless if I was going through a lot of stuff and if I was mentally not okay... There's so many things that have happened where I am a mentally beat the fuck down. But if my friend says they're, they're not okay, I'm the first person calling. But I still think there's a lot of courage and even mutuality in yeah. the, having that conversation of why. If you, like, yes. Because, like, when I've not responded to messages, because on honestly, like, I don't respond to all of them. Sometimes right. it's not on purpose. Sometimes, Sometimes. it's literally like, I look at a message and I go, I don't have the capacity to relate to this right now. Not right now. I'm going to lay down. <laughs> and take a nap three days quick. later, I remember I was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, um, Mood of but 2018. Then, <laughs> like, but then I, I at least try to explain, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't do that. I kind of failed. And everyone's... I th and I think for the most part, everyone's okay with it because, you know, you try to have that conversation of at least respecting the other person. And it might be an excuse 
um, but in a lot of cases they're genuine of like, yeah. but my vent long story short is I, I, I just want more of that connection and I'm like, tired of cell phones and i'm tired of i'm tired of people like i get it lives are busy my life is busy but when i like i don't know maybe it's me expecting too much and just right. having too much energy for my age yes yeah. um but it's but it's one it's, of those things yeah. though because you know we hang out in person a lot more you uh, like we literally hang out in person way more than I do with any of my other friends. Yeah, and um, I I hate love looking it. at my phone. So I, I love seeing you. In literally person. love yeah. it, and it has made me feel more like more need for that. Like I hate mm-hmm. texting people mm-hmm. because it's like I feel like it's almost like this nicety of like I'm just making sure that you exist and or like that you know that I know you exist. Yeah, and I don't need that. I need you to know that I want coffee and I want to sit here and vent and talk about my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. I want to sit here and do stuff with you. I want it yeah. to be action oriented like the rest of my social work career. Yeah. Um, like like all of it should be or like if you don't understand if we're like distances away if I can't text you I don't want to text you all the time. Like yeah. me and my friend Sonia like we decided like hey, we're going to talk to each other on the phone once a week. Because one, it doesn't matter if like our life is going great or if it's going bad. We just need to hear from each other because the thing is, even I can hear when somebody isn't good on a phone. If I see a FaceTime call and I see your face, I'm not. You're not going to pretend, especially if we love each other and care about each other deeply. Right? Yeah. It's just. So you you get that and yeah. Um. And I love you. I love you too. And even if our hanging out sessions is literally talking to a microphone and venting about our lives. Because we have to accept that's all we can control. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, it's, it is what it is. And you know what we get to do now? Hang out with kittens. I'm so excited. Me okay, too. y'all. Um, next episode next week, whatever. I don't know. Um, Words. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I accept all of you guys and wherever you're at in life. Um, I'm not going to tell you you should, you have to, or you need to do anything. You can do whatever you want to do. You could do whatever you don't want to do. And uh, you'll do what? You'll do something. You'll so, do something eventually. And we'll love you along the way. Yeah. That's it. <sighs> Okay, um, love you all. Thank you for listening. Aaron, thank you so much for being here as always. Literally, uh, somehow, some way, depending upon how our paths like track, I know if I continue this podcast or not, we'll literally continue to do this regardless. So that's why I love you and I just appreciate you so much. I love you and appreciate you too. You do wonderful things for my life. Okay, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.